Folks, what's going on? We are back and better than ever on NBA Wednesday. Jack, Tom, Tom, Jack, and Tom. I have it recording on the podcast, oh. and we've got the live going at the same time. We're ready Big to stuff. rock and roll. What's going on, man? Not much. Yeah. Excited to uh, came up to to visit. Oh yeah, here up in Seabury, Cranberry, whatever you want to call it. Get it? Get it? You like that? You <laughs> yeah, like, I like that? Seabury. Seabury. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Thanks to the uh, the Krillies for letting us use their home as a studio. It's very kind of them. Um, we are just essentially homeless podcasters, so <laughs> we needed a place to stay for the day. Anywho, um, really appreciate everybody joining us today. As always, uh, the video will be going up afterwards, and the audio will be going up later. Tom and I are going to be diving into a little expansion talk as we dive into what cities could po- possibly be getting some NBA teams, and then later we're going to be discussing the Russell Westbrook stuff, but my friend, I'm going to segue it over to you because you found some interesting stuff on some expansion cities. Yeah, yeah. I saw an article uh, the other day. I'm not sure, you know, how valid it is, but they were talking about Seattle and Las Vegas as the next two expansion cities for the NBA, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of different cities you can make arguments for, but I personally, I think those are probably the two best financial moves for the NBA. And if you're thinking in terms of money, now if you're thinking in terms of heart and fans and that, and you know, maybe not. Uh, but I want to get your take. I mean, what do you think about it? What do you think about those two choices? Well, I mean, obviously, I think that Seattle and you said Vegas was the other one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Th- I mean, those are. I think. Um, I think the the. If you look at it, Vegas has been a city that I think no matter what, they were going to get sports teams, right? I mean, they were going to get eventually it was going to expand. So I feel like that is kind of. The inevitable. Seattle, personally, in my opinion, I I was never a fan of them leaving to begin with. Um, I know that Oklahoma City, they have a rabid fan base down there, but I was never a fan of them leaving. I think that those are obviously the two um, obvious decisions, but then I made this point to you a couple days ago. Let's say that they do decide to do both cities and expand both cities. Who are you going to put in the East? Because you've got to balance it out, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's definitely a couple teams. <laughs> I mean, the, the obvious ones, so Memphis. I yeah. Mean, it's a West Coast team, but it's, I mean, if we drive, like, basically st- straight down from where we're at, uh, I think we run into Memphis somewhere Eventually, around there. Eventually, yeah. It doesn't make much sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think Memphis, uh, you can make a case for Minnesota leaving, as well as, um, oh, there's another team. I'm blanking. New Orleans. New Orleans. I yes. think New Orleans would actually. I think New Orleans. I think if you really wanted to do that, you move Memphis and Minnesota. I think you leave New Orleans in the West, but I think if you really want to even it out, I think you move Memphis and Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'd be interested interested to see what the teams think too. Like, do teams want to stay in the West? Do is there a team that wants to move to the East? Like, what? Like, I guess what are the financial decisions? I guess as a general man manager, or no, I guess a general manager wouldn't make that decision, but. Um, you know, as an organization, right? Like, what is it? Does it make more sense to leave, or is it like, okay, like the West is the better division, or the East is? I mean, I don't know. Personally, I would think the West. I don't know. I would say the West, but if you look at how Grizzly, the Grizzlies have been playing, you know, I think if you put them in the East, I think that kind of balances things out a little bit. Yeah. I think that would be, I don't know. I want to hear from you, though. What would be some alternative cities? To have the NBA expand into, and I know everybody in Pittsburgh is going to say, "Well, what about Pittsburgh?" We can get to yeah. that at the end, but I want to hear from you I on would that. I love Pittsburgh, um, but it's just I just don't think it's a big enough market. It's not a obviously it's a great city, and like living here, like I've found, you know, like how great it really is. But people people obviously visit here, but they're not coming here like they are to like Seattle, right, or Vegas. I mean, 
So that's it's not a big. Uh, what's the word I'm looking destination. for? Tourist destination. Yeah. Exactly. I yes. Mean, there's a lot of things. Like everything is on a scale, right? Like obviously a lot of people come to visit, but not as much as other places. And Cleveland, I mean, is what like a two-hour drive, right? Um, but I, I think I don't know if you're going to say this one, but you you brought it up, Tampa Bay. I mean, you said it. I'm like, wow, like that would make sense. Look at how successful some of these teams have been there. I mean, they've driven a culture of we like our sports, so we want to win. Oh yeah, so absolutely. It's absolutely like a great place to go. Now, now Nick, our friend Nick Ramsey might agree otherwise because uh, I know a lot of those Tampa Bay Rays fans only show up for the playoffs, right? Um, but I mean, I think that would be a great uh, addition to the city of Tampa. I think Tampa would be great. I think if you even throw in the mix of, and I've said this many times, Louisville would be a very interesting place, mainly because those people love basketball. I mean, they love basketball. I can tell just going to, I went to a Louisville Cardinals game one time. I went to a Kentucky Wildcats game. They just are nuts about basketball. Love it. And so I think that, and if my phone was not part of the live here, I would look it up. There was something I showed you the other day of the, most watched markets for NBA games this year across all major networks. And I don't think Kentucky was up there, but I know that Memphis was number three. I know that Durham, North Carolina was top 10 up there. So there are a lot of areas that we would not think of otherwise that would like to, I think, to have the NBA around. I know one of them was, I think, Birmingham, Alabama, which would be I know I've always seen Birmingham thrown out as a possibility for just any team to expand into. But I think that if you really want to go with an interesting take, I think Louisville would be one. Mm-hmm. And I would also say Nashville. I mean, like you said about Tampa, I mean, I think Nashville is a growing city. It's a fun, exciting city. I totally agree. And so I've never been to Memphis, and I guess it's a, a big city. But when I think of, like, Tennessee, like, Nashville is probably the first city I think of. And I, right. and I know that it's, a, it's, it's the Las Vegas of the East Coast is what it is. So, I mean— I don't think the the Grizzlies would ever move. I mean, not at this point. But I mean, I mean, Nashville would be a better place than the Memphis. I think. I mean, uh, I had a coworker. He was saying he was in uh, Nashville this last weekend. I mean, people love to go there. I want to go. I would, I would love, love to, to go. Visit. I mean, that's kind of in my top three places where I want to go. I definitely want to go to Nashville. That's. I don't know if it's first, second, or third, but it's in that top three for sure. Uh, I would love to go to Nashville. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what all kind of unfolds with it. My final question before we move out of expansion into Russell Westbrook is this to you. Could you see another team going into Canada? That's a great question. And I I was thinking of a question to ask you that kind of plays with that. I don't think I could see another team going into Canada. I think Toronto is the perfect place for it. I was actually looking at a map today. And if you draw a line of like it was like eighty percent of their population, like it goes through like like North Dakota, like it's like halfway through it, and oh, okay. then it goes into Toronto. So there's not a lot of people elsewhere, right? Like Vancouver over there on the the west side, but I, I don't think so. I think Toronto's a great place, and I don't think it should ever leave. Um, but I guess a, a spin to that question: Could you see somebody going to Mexico? Or yeah. I, I don't think a team would ever go into Europe. I think that's just too far of a journey. Imagine having to yeah. play Seattle and then do that but i mean that's an interesting market i know the nfl has done a lot in uh mexico having yes. games there and things like that and i know soccer is a big part of the culture there um but basketball i mean i think that would be very interesting yeah i think it would be too i think that i think we will definitely see a day where another international team is added into the continental united states league if yeah. you will yeah i mean because if you think about it i mean Mexico really isn't that far away. Right? No. Like, it, they would just fly up to, I mean... You and neither the, is Canada. Yeah, yeah. You, you know. have all the teams of Texas. The West Coast is pretty close. 
and then uh, Florida and the, the East Coast. So yeah. doable, D- definitely more doable than the UK. Or oh my gosh, way more doable, and couldn't even imagine that time change. Don't yeah. even, don't even get. And I know you don't like time. I know you're Mr. Cali man, so time changes. Oh yeah, get ready for this coming weekend. It's going to be a rough one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the time change. That's right. Why did you remind me of that? <laughs> oh well, I'm glad you remind me of that because I probably would have forgotten. Anyways, speaking of California, we have a member of your beloved Lakers, Russell Westbrook, is again in the news. Not too happy with how people have been slandering his name and also the death threats that his family have been receiving, which I'm going to start with. First off, I don't care how angry you are as a fan about at somebody. You never go after somebody's personal family. You don't ever go after somebody's children, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, whatever. Matt, you see this line here? Cross, okay? Crossed over it. The whole Westbrook thing, I get why he's mad at, but at the same time, and and I'm not going to say that like I'm a proponent one way or the other. All I'm going to say is when you are somebody that is in the media, that is in the entertainment business, that is putting a part of themselves out into the public realm, you are sacrificing that privacy. You are sacrificing that ability to kind of hide and not have people notice that you're doing something incorrectly, right? And so as a result, I get why he's mad. I would be mad if I was him too. But you have to see it from that other side of, listen, these are fans. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to voice their displeasure and he's got to remember what market he's playing in. He's not in Houston anymore. He's not in DC. He's not in OKC. He's not in these mild and I I mean DC could maybe be mild-mannered in terms of the the sports journalism and the sports coverage and just how the media perceives the, the you know, comes after athletes. But OKC, no. You know, uh, uh, Houston, not really, right? It, LA is a different breed. It's a different type of media. And it's just, it's like New York City. It's the same thing. And so, at one hand, I obviously don't want somebody to, you know, be insulted. But at the same time, it's like, listen, man, if you are not playing well, you are going to open yourself up for that to happen. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I agree, right? The, your family members should not be attacked by the fans. No. But you're a professional and be a player. People can chirp you. I don't know if I would. Uh, I was saying this before. We can't afford seats close enough yeah. to chirp people. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter for us. That's what I mean. We'll, we'll be in the, the, the nosebleeds. The guy in the front, like, in the front of the nosebleeds will be like, are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. It's like play better. Yeah. I mean, he, he, like he hasn't played awful. Like I think sometimes it, it is perceived worse than it is, but he'll have some decent games and he'll have some really crappy games. So it's just kind of this, I don't know, it's this hit or miss. And he's just such an electric player that he's losing his, his, his spark, if that makes sense, right? He's not doing what, he's not averaging triple doubles. And I've never been the biggest fan of Russell Westbrook. Like, Thought he's more of a, a stat stuffer. Not nec- maybe intentionally, maybe not. Not say anything about him, but just kind of his play style. And I think sometimes it's not conducive to winning. And now it's like, okay, you're not. You're what is he averaging? Eighteen point one points per game. I mean, a couple years ago, three years ago, twenty seven points per game in 2019, 2020. So I mean, it's just tough. If you're averaging eighteen points a game, I mean, people are going to chirp at you. I mean, you're you you were you were an all star. Now you're just kind of. Yeah, going downhill as a player, which I mean happens with all great players, um, but it's change your game a little bit. How, what can you do differently? Um, 
I don't know. I think that's what you got to do. What can you do differently? What can you improve on? Use your basketball IQ. So. Well, I think a perfect example for him to kind of look at is how Carmelo Anthony has seen kind of a change in his career. You look at a guy like Blake Griffin. I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys are not nowhere as shells of their, of their former selves, no question. But, you know, I mean, at least in Carmelo Anthony's case, like he's still somewhat of a contributing member mm-hmm. um, for the Lakers, right? And I just feel that I also think that it doesn't help that there was a lot of hype going into this. There was a lot of expectations. It doesn't help that Anthony Davis is in and out of the lineup. There's other things and other aspects to what's going on. And I, I question the management, right? Like, yes. Things aren't going well. Why do we not move Westbrook before the trade deadline, right? I mean, yeah, sometimes you risk it, sometimes you don't. But I think it would have been – I heard talks that uh, – who was it? John Wall could have been an option yeah, for the Yeah, I heard that too. I think that would have been a great move. I don't know if that would have worked out. But, I mean, I think you have to try something. There weren't even rumors of the Lakers, you know, trying to test the waters. Um, and the other thing that's interesting is I saw uh, reports of Phil Jackson was talking with Jenny Buss. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, what does that mean, right? Does that mean um, what's-his-name is on his way out? How much faith do they have? I mean, it's always sunshine on the rainbows on the outside. Yeah, we're all fine. We're all fine. And then everybody's in the back room screaming, yelling, pulling each other's hair and mad at each other. So, I don't know, trouble in paradise? I would say so. Yeah, I agree with you. And and again, I think that it's just it's a tough market. It's yeah. it's a tough market to play in at the end of the day and I feel that you know, Russell Westbrook is somebody that definitely has thick skin, but I think that this year I think that it's gotten to him a little bit and but again, at the same time, like like we've said, like he's it's nobody is making him play bad. Right? Yeah. Nobody is like forcing his hand to play poorly. It's the decisions he's making. And not to mention, I was thinking of it on the way over uh, when we were going to do the show today. You know, I know Russell Westbrook is like, hey, you know, don't say this, don't say that, whatever, whatever, right? And again, back to what I was saying, when you put yourself out in the public, you're opening yourself up for criticism. Imagine, I'm not even going to go there. Think of it this way, okay? You've got a guy, let's say like Adam Schefter, who reports a story that may or may not have been an, a correct or incorrect report, right? Mm-hmm. He does not have the necessarily the opportunity to have a press conference where he will be sat down in front of a panel of media people and asked questions about it to address that situation. Russell Westbrook has that ability. He has that capability and that platform where he can sit down and air out what's going on and talk about it. But other people, you know, that that are also subjecting themselves to criticism by the public eye, they don't have that luxury either. And I know it might be easy for me to say because, you know, I am obviously well down the totem pole from where Adam Schefter is, but it's the same pole at the end of the day, right? I mean, journalism, broadcasting. But Russell Westbrook has that opportunity to answer the questions that people are asking, whereas other people I feel like don't have that either. And I I think the problem is sometimes he might like overreact, right? He has the opportunity to speak, but it's like, don't give people that, that, uh, that bait, right? They they, they want you to react. They want the reaction. Yes. If you're just a little bit more nonchalant and I get it. It's like, yeah, you're a vet. You've been here. You maybe deserve some more respect, but at the same time, I mean, play well. I mean, he's not playing terrible. No. Like I'm looking at some of these numbers. I think it's, it's just that he has some good games and he has some God awful games. So. And I think it's also just, I mean, his past. I mean, if he, he's, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think people have that expectation of him automatically, no matter what. Yeah. So, um, but before we wrap it up, final thoughts on all this. I mean, do you, th- here's my question for you, and we'll get out of here. 
Do you see Russell Westbrook staying here for another year? And yeah. if not, what what do you think will happen? What do you think? What is the fallout of this? Yeah, I think he's going to be playing somewhere next year. Is he on a one year deal? I I believe so. I believe so. I know that he's making a lot of money. Uh, I know it's like what is it, forty four million or something like that. And I felt like that was my big thing with why they should have moved him is just so they could have freed up. Uh, so much room salary wise to go out and get three guys for that value that would probably, you know, fit better on the team than just one guy that doesn't seem to be, you know, fitting all that well. Um, I, I believe, I mean, what does it say here? So it's, he's owed $44.2 million this season and he's got a $47 million player option for the 2022-2023 season. So I, I really doubt he's going to be in LA. That's, a, that's what I mean. It's a lot of money. Wow. That's a lot of money, man. And I think that's another thing that deters people away from him is that, again, he's played himself in. I mean, he is very well worth this, but people don't want to pay that if they are not getting what they should in return for that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Sometimes it's just a fit thing. Sometimes it's just two great players. They just don't fit together. And what can you do about it? You know, playing styles, right? Yep. I mean... Before we go, though, yep. I want your one hot take for where Russell Westbrook will play next year. Random. Hot take. I'm, I'm going to throw something out random. You throw something out random. He is going to be playing in Europe. Wow! Didn't see that one coming. Whoa. I love that. Um, okay, I'm going Not to... Not likely, but it's my hot take. <laughs> I am going to counteract that, and I'm going to say that the... Hmm... I'm going to say, randomly enough, the Minnesota Timberwolves figure out a way to get him, and he lands in Minnesota. Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to see. Well, if this is right, I'll be very surprised. If you're right, I'm saying this right now. $1,000. No! <laughs> 20 bucks. Okay. $20. I don't know if I have $1,000 to give you. Yeah. Anyways, Tom, this has been a blast. Until next week. Really excited for next week's show. We'll do a little start bench cut. And, folks, we've got an awesome guest coming on the show for Ryan the Pine, episode 200 So get excited. Tom, final words. Hey, March is upon us. That means some great college basketball. It's not always NBA. The stars of tomorrow are playing this March. Let's get after it. Absolutely. Another great show. Thanks for having us, folks. We'll see you guys next time.